Welcome to Entropy Rising, the real play 4E D&D podcast, the domestic arm of LTM Gaming International. So, we we took the break to level up, but we took that break as you had just finished killing a group of monstrosities on the mountainside and had just walked in a secret door after about going in 15 yep, well, feet. He also explicitly told us that we were not going in the front door. Correct. And he wanted to be sneaky. Yeah, discreet probably is what I said. Not not jaunty at all. Mm-hmm. No, not jaunty in this particular instance. So you went in, as I said, about 15 feet. You know, the door had closed behind you. The, the walls are gently lit. There's just sort of a phosphorescent fungus that's growing, or a moss that's uh, growing on the cavern walls and so it certainly isn't good reading light but it's enough for you to see your footing and to get an idea of who's around you and stuff like that. You go in a very little bit and Poothel sort of stops dead in his tracks and uh, starts to, without turning, slowly inch backwards. Okay. Is there something wrong? I... I I can't. It's the the walls. There's there's no room. I have to I have to get out. I can't go. We're about we're still only about fifteen feet in. Correct. Is the door still open? No. We'll say he closed. Like he ushered you in, closed it, and then started to lead you down the hallway. Okay. This is your duty, Boothel. Um, it's, it's... Are you laughing at duty? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I'm just your your responses are just hilarious to me. That's all. Why? Because. So when you say it is your duty, he turns and looks at you. <laughs> duty. And between the beard and the poor lighting, it's a little bit hard to tell, but he does seem distressed and not just like the panic that he's shown in the past uh, with his claustrophobia this appears to be something else is distressing him uh he has not changed directions start moving forward again but he isn't moving his feet backwards at the moment i, I just look at when mm-hmm. i'm looking for my thing here um can i try to use my <clears throat> divine metal uh power and then try to calm him was the divine metal the one that you used to make him not seasick? I think I think that's what we use it for because it's you can make a saving throw and you get a bonus. Yeah, this isn't the kind of thing was, that needs a saving throw. Or is this the I can remove a, an affliction? Well, <laughs> this is also not <laughs> not that an kind affliction. Of affliction yeah. Either. Okay, I didn't know if I could just you know try to use the power, but I was gonna kind of use my diplomacy then to try to. You know, talk him into you know that this is, is a this wonderful is idea. Yeah. <laughs> you should absolutely. Well, I guess I was, well, I was trying to use my divine power with it also, but no, I understand. But... Um, okay, yeah, I'll I'll tell him. You know, you know Boothel, this is your home. I mean, this is where you should feel most comfortable. You know, there's okay. nothing to be afraid of here. And actually, Paul, why don't you also roll diplomacy? Oh, since that's you tried good. to offer some type of encouragement. Can I declare my oath on him first? No, you cannot. <laughs> I mean, I did it back. Holy if you, crap! If you want to, you can, but 
Um, I got a 19. Nice. That's my roll. I don't have a bonus. I got a 20, <laughs> 24. Oh, it suck. You, yeah. Fuck you. Th- that wasn't my roll. <laughs> okay. So, like I said, Kafan's statements didn't really get him to turn and start leading the party again, but it it did stop him from moving backwards. And then Gwen's additional uh, motivation does seem to steady his resolve. His eyes go from looking, having a look of fear in them to having a look of resolve. He sort of nods his head. He still doesn't look well necessarily, but again, that could also just be the eerie lighting. But um, he does start leading the group forward again. So as you walk down the tunnel, Boothel explains that there is basically a large city and and the whole area is known as Firemount. His family, um, a member of his family, has been the Rex for five generations. The Rex is not necessarily a man. It can be male or female. Um, It's just the term for the leader. And he says that he was an only child. And it, it seems that uh, he's finally opening up to you. And as he does so, he seems to loosen up a tiny bit. He explains that this tunnel leads you in from the western side. There isn't a main entrance on this side. Uh, usually it requires entrance from the eastern side. That was set up so because the nearest city is Ashkent, and so they made the most welcoming entrance to their closest neighbor. He explains that he hasn't been back since he went away, but to make matters worse, he also hasn't been in communication with anyone from his home in that time. So he can only imagine the anger that his father will rain down on him when he shows up. And so he warns you to be careful when approaching his father, who again is the Rex. And because he thinks that he he might have a furious rage, but if he gets it all out, he will be perhaps more amenable to offering you guys help as you when it's time for you to leave do you guys have any questions that you want to ask of him it's not a terribly long walk but it's maybe like 40 to 50 minutes that seems like a long walk to go down a well i mean there's a, a lot of there's a lot of cutbacks and stuff <laughs> so i mean it's not like just a straight line you know you probably walk about mm-hmm. like 2 miles a mile and a half something like that Okay, so no one has any questions. So I'm I'm focusing on not tripping in the dark. Okay. No. Yeah, I mean if you're looking for the conversation characters, that's not Paul or I. I so I No, feel no, like... no, no. I, but not so much conversation, but just general curiosity questions about anything. If you guys don't have any right now, that's fine. But, you know, later if we're having a discussion and you're like, "What do we know?" Well, maybe you don't know anything other than what I've told you now, which is fine. You guys come down a tunnel, and it opens up into a cavern. This cavern is enormous. A, a football field is not large enough to describe the cavern. It would have to be about two 
and possibly three orders of magnitude larger than a football stadium. Within it, there is a terraced city that has four levels on it. Uh, the top level ha holds a keep, so there's sort of, imagine like this central pyramid in the middle of this cavern, and off that top layer where the keep is, there's a opposite of you, there is a bridge that leads into another cavern. The terrace that you're on has several homes. The next layer up has fairly similar looking homes. Obviously there's less because that particular ring is going to be smaller. And then the next layer up has some slightly nicer looking homes. Um, and again, fewer still because you continue moving up. Boothel explains that although it's not required, most people tend to, tend to segregate by what their occupation is just because it makes it easier. On the lowest level that we're walking into, most of the families are miners. And if you look to your right as you walk in, you'll see that the terraces sort of butt up against a wall. So it's not a, like a perfect pyramid. It's like a, imagine a cone if you just sliced like the back quarter or third off of it and just butted it up against a wall. And uh, off that, so to the right off that terrace, there is a um, tunnel system. He points out that that is how the miners get to the various shafts that they work into. Next terrace up, he explains, is where most of the farmers live because on the back side of the pyramid, uh, there is area devoted to growing crops and raising some some amount of livestock. Is there like light coming in to this place? How can we see across it? Is there like I'm curious how are they growing crops? Like so the um, magic. <laughs> so True. now things are more lit. As you as you emerge from the tunnel, things are much better lit on account of, as opposed to relying on the phosphorescent moss, there are now torches everywhere. There are also um, mirrored torches to spread the light and direct it and make it stronger. The lack of light, you know, if you would ask him about how they grow crops with no light, he would explain that uh, they grow mushrooms and, you know, root, vet, root things that don't require sunlight. And then some of those things are used only to feed the uh, goats that they keep here, and others are for them. And then they trade for what they're unable to grow themselves. He turns and, as he emerges, turns and looks at Gwen and says, Well, you are the leader, so we have two choices. We could take the prisoner directly to the temple and turn him in or we could go to the keep first to see my family and bring the prisoner with us there I think we should uh, do the uh, duty to our lady first did he do anything on this whole trip just to be clear did he just he walked with us skulking and no no whatnot? he doesn't skulk he is like constantly pleasant. You guys yeah. all think that the journey was much better for him. Like, even those of you who have no interest in, you know, jovial conversation, 
and light talk. And obviously he wasn't unable to talk because of the impediment, but you still found yourself thinking like, wow, what a great guy to have along with us. Hmm. I say, I think we should do the duty for our lady first. Since uh, this prisoner transfer is uh, wasn't really directly given to us, I see that as kind of secondary. So uh, our primary mission was to get you here. So let's go to the uh, the keep and maybe both will resolve themselves. Okay. Very well. I will trust to your decision. Follow me. So Lead the way. He advances toward the minor homes and the area is pretty empty uh it's the middle of the day and you can hear lots of sound coming from the um, mine shaft and you know maybe there's one or two older people or children who stop and look at you but we're walking with purpose and no one stops to talk with us nobody seems to recognize Boothall. No one is calling out to him or anything, no. Okay. They don't want your autograph? <laughs> so, uh, there's a long flight of stairs. It's about, takes you up about 30 feet vertically. And once you get there, you are now at the farmer's level. This one is even less populated right now. You'd imagine that maybe children are, you know, playing in the field or are tr- are trusted with more farming duties at an earlier age than mining duties. The field of rocks. Exactly, mm-hmm. yes. My rock is growing the b- biggest. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, if this is a fire mountain, I mean, there might be enough heat and light from, you know, magma and everything that stuff would grow, but it's not, there might be, like, growing corn, but. All right. They call it maize. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the land of blue light. <laughs> so the, the the flight of stairs from the minor level is staggered from the flight of stairs leading from the farm level up. So you have to walk a little bit out of your way, and then you can go up again. Uh, and you find yourself on the artisan level. This level is more populated. People might have their craft shops here. There are a few storefronts, but not very many. This looks more of like a place of industry, like manufacturing goods, as opposed to place of business and the selling of goods. Have we seen a place yet that's like a selling place? You have not? Like in the Dwarven City, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, you have not yet. Alright. I'm running low on taffy. (laughs) (laughs) And again, the stairs are offset here, but like I said, there's more people sort of moving around, going from place to place. And as you start to walk through the buildings, people do recognize Boothal here, but they recognize him in the sense that they might stop in their tracks, like dead in their tracks, look surprised, and then walk the other way. Oh, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Nobody approaches Boothal. I mean, certainly there's no like, hey, B-Man, what's up? You know, it's... If you said, hey, B-Man, you would be ostracized for the rest of your life? (laughs) Cut your beard and leave. You know, no one comes up and offers him a hearty handshake or a welcome home or anything like that. No hugs? Yeah, no. 
No ticker tape parade. None at all. Oh. So you you get to the next flight of stairs, take it up. It as you get as you cross the stairs and can see the fullness of the keep. Boothel says, "Welcome to Hematite Keep." Hematite's a type of rock. It is. Right. Oh, it's hematite. Well, it might. I'm I'm just fucking with you. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm guessing. So uh, it's it's a type of iron ore, and so hemoglobin, you know, is the iron complex in your blood. So it might be hematite. Is it hemantite? Minus one level. <laughs> it's appropriate. <laughs> yep. I agree with that punishment. Hard but fair. <laughs> he, he, he was definitely starting to seem more relaxed, like in this big open area than he was in the tunnel. But you started to see him tense up again as people were obviously recognizing him on the artisan level. And now as he approaches the front gates of the keep, there are soldiers at the entrance and uh they one real quick do we see anybody that's not dwarven uh no i was kind of curious about that too actually so like this is not this is it's like we stick out like sore thumbs yes yeah i mean if Mm -hmm. only by height more so than normal yes yeah more so than normal okay but are dwarves typically very homogeneous or i mean so when I when we started the game, I, I sort of explained that for the most part, even the really big cities are more or less, there's not a lot of racial diversity. Each town seems to have their own thing, and that keeps to be predicated on what's around them. Right. Like, like the Keep of Iran, mostly half-orcs. Now, because that's more of like a trading post kind of place, there's a little bit of diversity there, but not much. This is the Dwarven city. You're going to expect it to be almost exclusively Dwarven. You won't be shocked if you see somebody else, but, like, there's not going to be a ton of mixing going on. Okay. Sorry, continue. No, that's fine. As they see you approaching, or actually, as they start to see you crest the steps, they stand in front of the door. Like, blocking our way? Yes. Like, they, so the they weren't is... blocking our way, and now they are. No, no, no. I, I'm telling you that before I was describing, you know, the keep coming into view and Boothel welcoming, welcoming you to it and giving it its name. But I'm telling you that the soldiers that were there, like, if you were paying attention, you know, moved to block the doors once they saw you approaching. So the answer to my question was yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, well, I, I didn't know if you were saying, like, oh, you know, you, like, all of a sudden they moved. Well, and I was saying, well, no, they they moved once they had an opportunity to see you. But you're if you're just asking, like, were they standing leisurely and then they moved? Yes, they were standing, like, to the sides, like, just guarding the entrance, and now they have moved in front so of us. So this it. was not a they moved necessarily because they noticed who we were or anything like that. It was just we were lounging about. Now that someone could possibly be noticing that we were lounging about, we're going to get up and move. It's it's possible that that's all it is. Okay. I mean, I think their body language would probably speak to that. You know, like the guy flicking off, flicking away the cigarette, or something like that is what I'm right imagining anyway. Or the people that see the traveling freak show that we are mm. decides, oh no, the zombies are attacking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a zombie. I don't think. Yeah, you're a thriller. It used to be. 
I used to be. You total sellout now, man. <laughs> so sell out to life. As you as the party approaches the Looks gate like a bumper sticker. Rather than calling out like who goes there, they You know who this is. They instead stand firmly, you know, they stand their ground firmly. When you get close enough that they probably should have moved out of the way if they recognized Boothal and they haven't, he calls out to them, Do you not know me? It's I, Boothal. Would you prevent me from going into my home? And uh, one of them says, I do not know that you are welcomed. And uh, Boothal says, Then send someone who would know whether I am welcomed or not. And uh, the two soldiers look at one another and one slides to stand more squarely in the middle of the doorway while the other one slides out and uh, or not slides out but slides behind him and then goes into the keep can I ask something? sure do we have any idea how long it's been since Boothel was here? I don't remember that if I knew ever I want to look real quick because I feel like I may have said something but I want to be certain. I mean, like, not just do I know, but does Kafan know? Maybe I'm that, going know, to but... say that Kafan has certainly never asked. Okay, and, that's fair. And, and Aerith <laughs> has never asked. Also fair. Unclear if Gwen has asked. Gwen may have, but I don't know, so... it, seemed like it, was, it seemed like it was a touchy subject that he didn't want to talk about, so... Okay, I, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think I would have pushed, but if you if you would have asked, and without you know if you hadn't pushed for specific years, he still would have given you the impression that probably it's been since around when you were born. Okay, it's been quite a while. Yes. So as I said, one of the guards slipped back, but not even three minutes later, he comes out, and there is a more grizzled soldier who is with him and seems to be getting a talking to from him. As they're coming out, Boothel says, Ah, Yab! And the older officer looks and says, Well, they're right, it was you. And he sort of... Uh, so hold on, are we starting the, the new wave of dwarves that don't have the name Hole in their name? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... Us, TJ has some funny, I don't know, I don't know if I know what a yab hole is. It's one of those five holes. (laughs) Fifteen holes, rather. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And it it has to be uh, tholes, though. It's got to be your hole. Exactly. Uh, So, so Boothel has greeted this officer by name. His name is Yab. And, uh... Can you spell that for me? Y A. <laughs> so I, I feel like you're, you're taking offense to my ass. <laughs> I'm not. I, I did. It, I did. I try to do it slowly and clearly. So when he realizes that it is Boothel, it's kind of like the dawning of like, oh, this guy said something and I didn't believe him, and now I do, and this could be a problem. So it's like, oh, it is you. Well, you you best get inside. Well, shit. <laughs> and. uh he says, wait, who who is this with you? And Boozle says, these three, and he gestures to you guys, uh, are my companions. 
our prisoner here, and he gestures to the prisoner, we are bringing back to collect a bounty. And Yab says, we will keep him in the gatehouse. If, if these are your companions, well, I'll, I'll take you to the Seneschal. He'll, uh, he'll know what to do. So he leads you inside, and you get inside. Do they take the prisoner then? So yeah. they take the prisoner yeah. and they, they, they lead the rest of us inside. So he basically instructs the younger guards to take custody of the prisoner for the time being. Before we move, can I say something if they're taking the prisoner? Yeah. I, I would just say to sort of Gwen on the side, should they take the prisoner when we you have control over the prisoners? Are we not responsible for the prisoner at this point? Well, we are, but I'm not uh, relinquishing control of the uh, the spell on him yet until we've officially transferred him. Well, that's part of my point. They don't have the ability to control him. Is it wise for them to take him away from you? Just to be clear, oh, no, we can. We can. Th- it's just to make him so you can't talk. Right. I mean, yeah. the only control. I mean, he's is. I mean, the only control that you have is the ability to remove the plate. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't let you like control control his movements or his actions at all. It, it only <laughs> lets you remove. Hey, the prisoner, plates put that yourself in the groin. Eat and drink, <laughs> and then put it back on. So if you left him in the gatehouse right now with them, he and just never came back. He just couldn't <laughs> eat or be he fed. Would, he he would come find us. He would okay. make his way back. That's fine, but mm-hmm. never mind. I'm I'm okay with uh, trusting the dwarves to to watch him but i understand your point okay so as i said they lead him into the gatehouse and uh place him inside and you see that as you're being led away you walk inside the walls or or rather it's not walls it's a continuous building and there is a ramp that winds around the outer square of the base and so basically you take it around or all four walls and uh, then when you get back to basically now you are on a level above the gate it opens up and it starts to look more like like a palace like a nice living area as opposed to like a military fort when you get there there are fine wooden doors and Yab asks that you Wait here while he runs to get the seneschal. So he okay. says, "Who who is the seneschal? Did I miss that? Did no, 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 that? no. Uh, so okay. Boozle indicates to Yab, go ahead, I will explain.' And uh, so Yab goes in through the fine wooden doors, and Boozle says, uh, "The seneschal is the keeper of the keep. It is a." separate role from the Rex. The Rex might change. The family of the Rex might change, but the Seneschal would change, and the role of Seneschal would go to the Seneschal's kin. The Rex controls the city, but the Seneschal controls the keep, and it provides a level of balance. At one time, Rex had control over all the city and could become a tyrant within his own home. However, once the Seneschal was instituted, it was it acted as a check 
on the wrecks and prevented that from ever happening again. So in a way, the Seneschal here is more powerful than my father. His name, at least before I left, his name was Buruntur. Can you spell that? B-A-R-U-N-T-U-R. Is it one word? Yep. After about five or six minutes, Yap returns and has a elder-looking dwarf with him. Boothal, looking somewhat abashed, says, Hello, Baron Tour. Baron Tour looks surprised much in the way that Yab did, and it has more or less focused just on Boothal and says, Please, come, come with me. We have things to discuss. And then he sort of takes in all of you and says, And, and who are these? I am uh, oh, go ahead. Gwyneris uh, Silverkin, and these are my compatriots, uh, Kefan and Aerith. We've been traveling with uh, Boothal for some time in uh, the service of the Raven Queen. He he looks somewhat startled to hear th- and, and sort of mouth-like, Raven Queen? Boothal, I have something sensitive to discuss with you. Would you have these compatriots of yours around, or... Would you like me to conduct them to their own rooms? And Boothal, perhaps to your surprise, says, I would like them to be with. Aerith leans over, that's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> the Seneschal leads, invites you through the doors and into a, a sitting room that has... Um, finely made wooden chairs and off of that room are five doors going to different parts of the keep. Uh, he invites you all to take a seat and uh, but he himself remains standing. Boothal, uh, how how did you get the news? We didn't think that anyone had been able to get a hold of you. And Boothal replies, I... I'm, I didn't receive any news. Baron Tour takes a deep breath and sighs. There's there's no easy way to say this, Boothal. Kral Rex has died. He was dealing with an illness. It did not get better. And three days ago, he finally gave up. Boothal was sitting down and you can just see like him just kind of melt into the chair. Baron Tour continues. I'm I'm sure this is difficult, but that is not all of this. Hold on, real quick. I blanked for a moment. When how did you say that he died? Or how did he say that he died? He had been dealing with an illness. Oh, okay. So then I would step in, sorry, before he would talk. I I thought that's what you had said, but I just wanted okay. to make sure. I say Aerith says, Has the illness been identified? Uh he he looks slightly taken aback. Um, we've had many of the doctors looking at him to get second and third opinions. It seems that he had a touch of pneumonia as a child, and in the last year, it came back strong. It never really went away. About a month ago, when he would cough, he would find blood on his kerchief and 
he slowly grew weaker. We tried several things to heal him, but at a certain point, it was apparent that he was reaching his end days. So uh, I'm not terribly familiar with medicine, but I suppose that perhaps the pneumonia would have been the illness. Aerith says, if you wish an autopsy performed and more thorough examination, I am well-versed. Boothel, like, with a look of horror... <laughs> I was hoping for that. <laughs> ...says, enough. I will, uh, Aerith will look puzzled, but not talk. Baron Tour, so, as I was saying, after that exchange, would look and say, Boothel, I'm sorry, but there's more. Your mother, Aodi, has taken on the role of Rex, but you should know that she is not in a position to rule. A few years ago, she began to suffer an affliction of her mind. She is healthy, but cannot be trusted with the governance of our city. At this time, your cousin Scola is acting as regent, but she has been speaking with the elders and asking them to name her as Rex. Boothel looks fairly devastated, and after a few minutes of sitting quietly, says, I uh, I would see my mother now. And Barentour says, yes, of course. I will take you to her quarters. Would you like to be alone for this visit, Boothel? I, yes. I, I would ask that you stay here. I will return soon. And take and so all the time you need. Baron Tour leads him away, and uh, maybe a five to ten minutes later, we'll return and we'll say, you are friends of Boothel's, and you helped bring him back to us. For that, you are welcome to stay in the keep. And thank you. We have guest rooms for visiting dignitaries that would fit people of a non-dwarven stature. <laughs> I can show them to you and also send a servant to tend to your needs. We appreciate that, but we don't we don't require much. Well, then you will make the job easy for them. When Boothel finishes visiting with his mother, I will send him to your quarters. Uh, do I know if there's uh, in the dwarven place is there a temple for the Raven Queen? Is there like anybody who worships the Raven Queen, or is that really weird? I will say that. Are you asking? Does Kafan know from past lives about that? No, like just do I know from being educated at the temple with Maru, like where temples are? Roll religion. Okay. Just remember, there is no patron deity of any race in this game. Says you. Well, you, you show me. You show me where it says that, TJ, in the the books that you told us that we could use. Right. You show me where a couple of your skills are in the books that I said you could use. What skills? I, I you mean, meant the, uh, like all oh, like the the powers you mean? I meant powers or races. That's fine. Or races. That's fine. <laughs> so let's start with. Paul, what was Kafan's knowledge, or, uh, religion role? Oh, wait, never mind. It does say dwarves from all walks of life follow him. TJ, look at it. It was actually in the book. 
You just doubted the book. So my roll was a 22 total, obviously. So you would know that the Raven Queen does have temples in all major cities, excepting the Dwarves City, because... So just clarify now, that does include whatever, Cabinda and the... Or yes, the, other the, one is. the Elven and Eldrin cities. Yes, all city, all the major cities do have a temple to the Raven Queen. The only exception to that is the Dwarven city, okay. because, sort of as Steve pointed out, the dwarves, giant assholes, because <laughs> of their, I mean, basically everything that Morden stands for is every. I'm not going to make it such that like you know Morden is the dwarven god. I'm just going to say that. Everything that he represents is everything that's important to the dwarves, and therefore it's just natural all dwarves just would tend down that way to follow in his religion. So there is a single temple here, and it is to Moradin. So you're saying you can't tell dwarves apart? Uh Uh-oh. They all seem the same to you? So there's a single temple? There is a single temple. It is to Moradin, and there is not a temple to the Raven Queen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Baron Tour has just explained that he's going to set you guys up in rooms. He's going to ha- have someone provide to your needs, and he's going to bring Puthel by when he is done. Should we? Can we ask to be let out to the gatehouse so we can uh, deliver our prisoner to wherever th- is required? We have a second um, uh, mission that we were on besides bringing Boothel back. Boothel spoke to me of your relationship that you are all followers of the Raven Queen. I welcome you into the keep, as I said. You have a certain amount of welcome in the city. I would not go to Moradin's temple, even to complete a task that they have requested, by your lonesome. I would... Why? They may not look fondly on someone not of their number uh, completing the task. Uh, They may not look kindly on someone who is a devout follower of another god coming into the temple. I do not... I I am not... I am not... I have a patron deity, but I'm not... I am not a devout follower of any god. I follow all gods. They all they all are worthy of respect. Kefan will look very sharply over at Aerith. <laughs> it's it's okay. We will uh, wait until Boothel might be available to assist and help smooth things over. We appreciate the uh, information. I, I do believe that would be best if it is at all possible for you to wait. Kefan does not yeah. look very happy. <laughs> uh, is there a time when Dude, you did? Everybody looks happy. <laughs> so that we can contrast well, the two? When we weren't looking when he was on the ship and he's in there with a big smile on his face. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's when he found the swing yep. in the park when he was alone. <laughs> <laughs> when he teleports, he goes to a happy place and then comes back. Right. It's the opposite of, of Nightcrawler. He doesn't go to an evil dimension. He goes to a dimension <laughs> with fairies and unicorns and... Care bears numbers. and, yeah, candy right. canes. I like it. He said, so he says, thank you for heeding my wisdom. I will lead you to your quarters now. Please come with me. Okay. 
And so he takes you down a different doorway than the one he led Boothel down and shows you to a uh, hallway that has, we'll say, eight rooms available off of it. He says you may choose any of these that you like. The room at the far left end of the hallway is a bath if you need to wash away the gram of travel. Otherwise, I will send up someone shortly to tend to food. If you require hot water and to take a full bath, uh, they will instruct you about our water system. I think TJ's just trying to get me to do uh, fan service with more uh, yeah. bath scenes. <laughs> sweeps! <laughs> <laughs> Paul, this has to come out during sweeps. Uh, so anyway. What sweeps? Uh, really with sweeps? The, the, the instructions are going to be you sit on this stone chair, you pull the handle, and the water splashes down from above. So the Seneschal leaves, and a few minutes later, a uh, young lady dwarf shows up. Can I, can I bring any of you anything? Uh, do, you, do you need any food or drink? Perhaps some juice would be all right. Juice? I'm sure, not old enough to drink. <laughs> Want some rat juice? <laughs> Fresh squeezed. Yeah, I was looking for something refreshing after our long march through the mm. dusty mountains. Certainly. I can bring you something sweet to drink. <laughs> Many thanks. It's mushroom juice. Mm-hmm. It's mostly mud. <laughs> we filled it through a sock. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Do you want the crab juice? Or the Mountain Dew. Ew! I'll take the crab juice. <laughs> Does she leave then? Uh, well, no one else asked for anything, so she leaves. Just, just water. Oh. Okay. Uh, so she runs and... Purity comes, of essence, Paul. Mm-hmm. Comes back and uh, has a beaten metal tray. And upon it, she carries two glasses and two pitchers and uh, sets the glasses down and fills one with water from one pitcher and leaves it there and fills one with juice from the other pitcher and leaves that there. Will you require anything else? Uh, not at the moment. Uh, many thanks. What was your name? Ruby. It's a pleasure to meet you, Ruby. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to have a name, but I do now. <laughs> <laughs> NBC One. Gotta go. Yeah. Uh, Ruby, uh, did, did they said you should <laughs> instruct us in how to use the water system? Oh, do you wish to take a bath? Uh, not at the moment, but uh, perhaps you would like to show us now so we do not require your services again. Oh, okay. Well, if you follow me, and uh, she says, uh, there, she points to the giant metal tub and says... Like, how, how giant? It's probably big enough for four people to fit in comfortably. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be fan service. It's like a jacuzzi. <laughs> the hot tub yeah, with, scene. With dwarves blowing into the horns to make the Like bubbles. Robin Hood men in tights. Exactly. <laughs> Keep blowing. <laughs> she says, you can fill it with cool spring water using the pump 
that's placed over it and she points and it's just like a regular pump that you would see you know in a you know in a city that had a deep well place that, that has pumps a bucket on sorry place that has pumps mm-hmm. right right the pump place <laughs> with it with a handle yeah. it goes back and forth <laughs> we call it the uh, pumping water project she says however if you require hot water and she points to i mean it, it would look like a normal like copper pipe with a faucet head on it and a wheel valve and she says due to the magma that's nearby we're able to keep pressurized hot water and uh you can let it out but you must be careful to not touch the water directly as it comes out it it is very near boiling and uh you could hurt yourself so i i would suggest filling the tub first with some cool water then filling it with hot water and then finishing it off with cold water to bring it to temperature. So you could, like, cook in the bathtub? <laughs> you could. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. Should we have an endurance uh, test to see who can last the longest? I'm going to win that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if that's all, I'll be leaving. And thank you again, Ruby. You're a real gem. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Seriously? (laughs) Wow. Uh, TJ, you guys have to think of a better name. (laughs) They're all going to be rock, metal, or jewel related. I will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Every single woman is going to have a name that's going to be like, I'm Ruby, I'm Diamond. And every single time, that's going to be like, thanks, you're a real gem. You're in here 40 times tonight. Oh my god. In fact, I'm going to change, I'm going to go in and change names of people who have names already to things that are, this is going to be great. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> this is going to be great. I think your definition of great and mine are separate and very different. No, they're the same. They're, they're the same. So, um, I, when, when Ruby brought you guys drinks, I'm guessing she caught you in the hallway before you had an opportunity. When she took your order, she caught you before you had an opportunity to, like, pick out rooms. Um, and when she came back, either you were in the same room or she brought them to you separately. But where are you guys going to be? Are you all going to be in one room? And we don't have, like, a little, like, sitting area or anything? A lounge? There are, of the, so there's eight rooms in the hallway, one's a bath, and then of the seven, like, bedrooms, one is very clearly very clearly like a master suite and that one does have a sitting room so you know this is clearly meant like for visiting dignitaries like one very you know important person would come and stay in like the nice room and uh you know maybe one servant would sleep in that room near them and then all the rest of the retinue would have various rooms for themselves if if you want to be in the big fancy room that has a sitting room and, you know, maybe has a small room off of it, you could be in that room. We, we gather there, but uh, Kefan would I'd, basically let Gwen have that room. Okay, I was going to say, I'd probably just end up taking a, a regular smaller room, but I don't think we need to have, you know, take the opulent rooms for ourselves when... Oh, I thought they gave another, us all of these rooms. Well, there could be other dignitaries coming... If uh, word of the passing of their king 
gets out, there might be others that come to pay their respects. And oh, I thought TJ meant that like there was just here's a bunch of rooms for you guys. That is, and one that of is them what is I nice. That is what oh, okay. I, I thought you meant like I thought like, you meant like this was like the the area where they have rooms for dignitaries, and there's like eight rooms. So it's like we'll take three, and then there's yeah. Are there are there like other blocks of rooms or that we know of or? The Seneschal, the, the Seneschal did not give you a tour. <laughs> did you ask about them? No, but then you have no idea. Okay, I don't know if like we passed like other like blocks of. No, like, like the, the door off of the main area led directly into this hallway, and this hallway has the eight doors coming off of okay. it. So if we have three rooms and two of them are shitty and one is really nice, then Kifan would say Gwen. He wouldn't say. He would just assume that Gwen would have the nice room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, like, to be fair, like, the quote-unquote shitty rooms, yeah. like, they're still for, like, well, important right. people's retinue. Yeah. So they're still, like, nicer than your average. Yeah, and that's and that's what I was saying. Like, if there, well, you said there's, like, what, like, eight rooms here? But, like, the, the nice room has, like, a four-poster bed and, like, a giant, giant mattress. Yeah, you are really pushing for the fan service, aren't you, today? <laughs> I don't think that there's anything fan service about there being a giant mattress. I don't know. It depends on... You just don't have a good imagination. (laughs) (laughs) Only one thing a giant mattress is good for. Banging. (laughs) So, anyway, you guys are all in the sitting room I'll take the big room then, and everyone can use the sitting room, and that works for me. Okay. You guys sit quietly and awkwardly, taking Mm -hmm. sips of your drink... Well, I Eric, was going to say something. My cognac. <laughs> you yeah. don't have any cognac. <laughs> you have rat juice because you found a rat on your way in. I didn't. I specifically did not ask for juice. I didn't know what the hell these people were going to offer me. Um, don't you remember last session when they Aerith, live underground? I mean, they probably drink their own urine. Aerith pickpocketed the cognac from Jalarama. That is not a thing that happened. Oh. What were you going to say? I was going to say what well, after Ruby leaves. Kefan will turn to Gwen and say, should we look around on our own? Perhaps ascertain what their situation is here? Perhaps you... Aaron says, might... it might be seen as disrespectful to be moving about unguided. Well, Unbidden? Guided. Yeah, or I'm just unsupervised. Well, that's that's why I'm without, asking Without escort. No. I know. I think He's for... giving his opinion. Okay. Yeah. I, I think... Uh... I do have one of those. Oh, okay. Let's let's give Boothel some time to uh, see his family and uh, see if he he returns. If it ends up being too long, we can certainly ask for uh, Ruby possibly to guide us, you know, or give us a tour of the the keep, and we can start trying to ascertain what's going on. But as as you finish saying that, Ruby comes running back in. Oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot to show you, and uh, points out that in the sitting room. There is a rope. There's also a similar one in the master bedroom part of the suite and uh, tells you that if you need her for anything or the other servant, if she's not around, uh, you can pull the rope and mm. they will come. I'm having flashbacks to the modern campaign. Yeah, I know. <laughs> any ropes. <laughs> Screw that. I'll just yell. I'll scream down the hall. I'm going to look at my glass to make sure it's not absinthe. <laughs> you mean the blood of a virgin in that house anyway? She's like, sorry again. Bye. 
and then goes running back away. Is there any reason? Is there any reason we should tarry here? <laughs> is there any reason? Yes. Marriage. He's in poison. Let me Here, try again. the poison out. <laughs> is there any reason we should tarry here now that we have delivered Boothall and the prisoner? Surely we always, there are we more need to important wait. things. Uh, I believe we need to wait for Boothall so we can properly uh, deliver the prisoner. I think it'd be a good uh, task for him in what will probably be his new leadership role with the uh, dwarves. Okay. Also, uh, I think Puthel probably. From, from what I have seen so far, mind. usually our our lady or someone has been good enough to give us some direction. Someone. <laughs> hey, I don't know who sends the ravens, <laughs> but they they always seem to find us. It will be interesting if a raven finds us in this place. I sip my juice. Okay. Mmm, good rat. So, as you guys sit around, maybe maybe you're there for about an hour or so, and then Boothel arrives. He he looks fairly somber. Is he dressed at all differently? No, he's still in the travel clothes. No. He's not wearing a crown yet? Yeah. That's no. no, he's not. I imagine he would be dressed like the after version of Lone Star from mm. Spaceballs. I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> so, uh, that's how I thought Aerith was dressed. <laughs> He's nude. No, Aerith has Hulk pants. <laughs> Screw you! Just, just no shoes. They're capris, okay? <laughs> Man capris. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have a penis. I don't really feel like <laughs> your evaluation of how my character dresses or is manhood valid. in general could be defined by someone who doesn't have one. Okay? Seem a little defensive about the capris. Hey, <laughs> maybe they're just high water pants. Right. Maybe I just mm-hmm. couldn't afford anything else. He likes to walk along the beach. So anyway... You just buy shorts at the big and tall store. <laughs> I, I love the feel of sand on my ankles. <laughs> Which is why you don't wear shoes. Exactly. See, it's fitting a bigger picture. You can talk now, TJ. We're done. We might stop interrupting you. <laughs> but probably won't. It gives you more time to change people's names. <laughs> so, Boothal says, thank you very much for waiting. This evening, they will start the visitation for family, for my father. I will need to wash up, but we can go early and turn over the prisoner to the clerics. After that, I'll go in to do the visitation. I would ask that you come back here. Uh, The keep will be open to you. You can... Go wherever you like. However, starting tonight, uh, the family will be at visitation, but anyone not at the visitation, family or not, within the city, will be holding quiet vigils. So simply be respectful. Of course we will. How are you holding up? I am sure this is a lot to take in. I ran away from my home and returned years later with a constant fear of this home to find that my father is dead 
and my mother is not the woman that I left. I am I am not doing well. However, I hope that perhaps seeing him tonight will help some. However, to in order to arrive before the visitation starts, I do need to go wash up. I intend to take back my former quarters, so I will go there and will hopefully be able to find something suitable to wear to a formal occasion that still fits me. There is no need for you to be formally presentable tonight. Uh, if you choose to, that would be fine. But it's... I'll give out my dress caprice. Mm-hmm. It is not mandatory, mandatory right now. Uh, I will be back to get you uh, shortly. And he uh, goes away. Uh, comes back about 45 minutes later. His beard has been brushed out. It's It looks less knotty. It looks shinier. Uh, it looks like it's gone from like a sort of wild mess to a more groomed look. He smells cleaner, and he's also wearing fresh clothes. And we're all just sitting in the exact same positions. Yeah. No, I would have. Uh, <laughs> I would have uh, rang for Ruby. R- Ruby comes up. Yes. Uh, what can I do for you? Does, by any chance, I, I tire of you. Bring me a <laughs> I was wondering if, uh, by any chance, there would be a, a dress in my size, perhaps in a, a deep purple or black, uh, that'd be fitting the uh, occasion. Very low cut. <laughs> I don't believe that we have extra clothing for someone your size. Um, She's half I'm, dwarven. Remember, we yeah. would just be a skinny I'm, dwarf. I thought that you were taller than a dwarf and shorter than an elf. I don't know. Well, how dwarves? How tall are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! So she says, "Oh, but but what I could do? Do do you, do you need to have the dress tonight?" Well, we thought we'd. Be, if you don't have one, that's okay. I was just going to look more presentable for. Uh, the occasion. Well, if you if you're going this to be joyous going occasion to the visitation, yeah. <laughs> uh, the public visitation tomorrow, perhaps over the night I could have my sister. She, she she's a seamstress. Perhaps I could have her <laughs> change a dress to fit you better. Is her name? I would Sophonia? I would appreciate that. That's convenient. <laughs> no, her name's Esmeralda. Oh. <laughs> Do you have a brother who's a smith? No, uh-huh. it's just the two of us. <laughs> Damn it! Why would why would why would his last name be Smith? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know Ruby's last name. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer was Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Who could possibly be one of our sponsors? <laughs> Ooh, we'll just name characters after various. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is my brother, Amco. <laughs> well, you have to go with sponsors that are either near where we are, or you know something that we all want, or that the you know like that most of us want to use. Like, go on. My character, Chick Fil A. <laughs> uh, Chick Fil A is the first name. It's hyphenated. Middle name Chipotle. 
last name Amazon. <laughs> dot com. <laughs> <laughs> that would be stupid, man. <laughs> no, that's that's the station title. Yeah. Oh. You know, like there's it's the like racks, the third. there's the Seneschal, and there's the dot com. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of dot orgs. Mm-hmm. So Ruby says, "Would you like?" my sister to come up and uh, take your measurements so that she could adjust a dress for you? That would be pleasant. <laughs> Sorry. Perhaps perhaps we should go retire to the bath scene and take my measurements. And then I will... <laughs> <laughs> so, when you say uh, that would be nice, uh, she hustles away. Oh, that would be delightful. Mm-hmm. Sorry. She hustles away and uh, after maybe ten minutes, a similar-looking dwarf woman comes and uh, says, Hello, I'm Esmeralda. My sister told me that you would like to be fitted for a dress. That would be wonderful. Very good. Um, she's carrying a large uh, piece of fabric in her arms. She says, Why don't we uh, step back into the changing room and uh we can and i can make some notations okay so uh, i guess and Aerith like walks back there to go peek he's not peeking he's just gonna watch he doesn't know any better i'm just leering i'm just (laughs) standing there like a zombie in the corner making Um, sure the measurements are correct so anyways the 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 giant piece of fabric higher into the nc is not just a piece of fabric it's just a very large dress and so what she does is she puts it on you and then uh, shows that, like, she's wearing leather gauntlets, but, or not gauntlets, but armbands. And then, like, the armbands are basically, she, like, turns them over. It's like her palm is facing up and there's just various pins stuck into them. And so she pulls them out and starts pinning the dress to you and making notations and marks and uh, has a piece of chalk that she uses to mark the lower hem and stuff like that and takes a couple of looks at it and uh makes a couple of marks for arm length and such and then says okay i will help you get out of this and then i will go and get to work uh, i should have it ready for you first thing in the morning perhaps early this evening thank or, you or perhaps uh, this evening but more than likely tomorrow morning. Does she have a pet goat? She does not have a pet goat. Oh. Or rather, so perfect. she doesn't have a pet goat with her right now. I see. Did you ask her about the goat? No. Okay. Unclear whether or not she has a pet goat. She uh, helps Gwen out of the fitted dress and uh, hustles away, being very careful to have it folded together so that the pins don't shake out. Uh, is anyone going to do any washing up? I'll try to clean up oh. a little bit. I was going to say, just a general, yeah. the general dust of the road, but not... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I had said initially that, you know... Right. Yeah, right. so cert- certainly, go ahead. Done. We'll, we'll say that you all you know, are able to do just a general, you know, you tilt your head to the side, you hit it a couple of times, and like dirt or dust falls out of your ear. You know, you do it on each side, and then you like, you know, kind of wash up. And uh, you all finish and have maybe a couple minutes of waiting around before uh, Boothel returns from his washing up. How do you clean paper? Pardon me? 
Oh, because of your clothes? Like, I just carry white out around with me. We'll just clean my armor. Just to shake, assume, it, shake it out like a rug. paper's white. <laughs> so anyway. Use it. Use origami with it, and then... Mm-hmm. I was going to say use an eraser. Oh, <laughs> um, that's a good one. A Mr. Clean magic eraser. <laughs> and with that thrilling exposition of dwarven dressmaking, we are out of time for the week. Come back next time to find out what kind of exciting things the party will do to get ready to attend a funeral. Maybe a nice schwitz, perhaps, why not? Find out next time on Entropy Rising. Yep, thanks for joining us. You can find us on Twitter at LTM Gaming or send email to podcast at LTMGaming.com. Thank you.